Ashley Cobb is the millennial microphone for people of color seeking ultimate pleasure and sexual liberation. Ashley, your favorite friend in filth, is dedicated to bringing the conversation of black sexuality to the forefront and across generational lines. Ashley is a sexpert, blogger, and influencer known for her fun, down-to-earth, and practical commentary that's been featured in top media outlets, including Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan, Self Magazine, Women's Health, Black Love Doc, Shape, and many more. She's also the sex advice columnist for Madame Noir. Ashley is the creator of the digital news platform Gossip and Gasms, which has been coined the Shade Room of Sex. She also co-hosts a sexuality-centered podcast, Ho and Tell, that features real-life sex stories from strangers. I ask Ashley, how did you get into blogging about sex? What is normal? What are some of the most common questions you get or common topics you cover? We talk about orgasms. We talk about how we can get more familiar with what we like and our own anatomy. We talk about how to own our sexuality and how to talk to our kids about sex. I hope you love this episode of the Vagina Blog podcast with Ashley Cobb. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me. I am thrilled to introduce you to Ruby, my new Volvo plush pillow for all your educational needs. Ruby is unique because she comes with her own removable clitoris, the perfect tool for teaching all about female pleasure, how to use period products, and what the entire clitoral anatomy looks like, and more. You can find Ruby on my site, thevaginablog.com. Check her out and let me know what products you'd like to see next. If you followed me for any amount of time, you know I love the Jovi patch. Jovi uses nanotechnology to intercept messages caused by discomfort, giving your brain the ability to better manage and cope. No wires, no magnets, no medication, just neurocapacitive coupling technology. Go to meetjovi.com and use code THEVAGINABLOG20 in all caps to get $20 off your Jovi purchase or head to the show notes for a quick link. Jovi is reusable, drug-free relief for anyone suffering, especially with menstrual cramps. Today I am talking to Ashley Cobb, uh, who has the Instagram Sex with Ashley, and then you have a few podcasts more than one right no i only have one i only you have, have one. one yeah i used okay. to out um pandemic doing another one but i let that go mm-hmm. so i just have one okay <laughs> i was like you are incredible because this that's it's a lot to manage just having yeah. any platform at all yeah. so anyway ashley is an incredible sex educator um, and has so much to share with us. So Ashley, I'd love it if you would introduce yourself, tell us where we can find you, tell us how you got started in all of this okay. and all the things. So my name is Ashley Cobb. Um, I am, I, well, I don't really consider myself a sex educator per se. I am a blogger, a sex blogger. So basically I share a lot of, um, information mixed in with my opinion on sex um, so that's why in written format and sometimes verbal format. Um, but a lot of it is, uh, my opinion mixed in with facts. So I'm a blogger. Um, I got started blogging about sex probably six years ago. I had a, I had a blog at the time that was called sex with sex with Ashley. Hence the name sex with Ashley. <laughs> um, that blog is no longer in existence anymore, but that's how I got started 
um, because I have a background in public health and I wanted to like share my kind of like my opinions about sex and I wanted to kind of uh, give give educate people on how particularly women how their bodies worked and how um you know all things sex and then at the time I was starting to explore my own sexuality I wanted to kind of share that too so it was a kind of like a a, a lot of things going on at one time that I wanted to kind of like explore explore and share with the world I love that I I feel like there's so much value uh, in interjecting some of that personal experience. I try to do the same thing on my platform. Even when I was like a young mom, I was always drawn to blogs because there was something so relatable mm-hmm. about reading a blogger talk about actual real world application of you know a lot of these things. And so I think there's great value in sharing your opinions and your stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I said, I think there's a lot of value in sharing yeah. stories. I think we're missing that. Yeah, and like I think, I think the 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 important thing about sharing stories is one, people learn that they're not alone. There are other people like them who look like them who are doing certain things. Um, they, I think, okay. So for example, I remember several years ago, I started going to exploring sex clubs, right? And for the longest time, I was like, oh, I'm not going to share that. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that to myself. But then I was like, well, why, why am I doing that? So I kind of like made this whole, I went live on Facebook, I think, or made a post about it. And then I got all this feedback from people who was like, oh, I've always wanted to go to a sex club. I never knew, you know, anyone who, who have gone, who went before or like, oh, this is, this kind of neat. What did you, what, what to expect? Like they, I had all this positive feedback with people who were curious um who didn't really know didn't really have a person that looked like them to ask questions to uh, questions to so I was able to ask mm-hmm. answer their questions I was able to get able to give them advice um so sharing your story actually helps other people to um get comfortable and realize that their kink or their thing or whatever it is they're into is not really that that weird or that you know strange there's other yeah. people in it because isn't that the question everyone wants to know is like am i normal and yes yes we all are really right we all are now now, now there are some things like you know people who you know like to engage in sexual activity with the dead that's just just a little bit you know no that's hmm. no there's definitely fringe for sure there's fringe but i would say the majority yes (laughs) people are probably pretty normal (laughs) don't fall that category but there are some things like oh that's 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 a little weird true Um, so true true so you've been at this for a while what do you feel like are what's what's your biggest question like what i just want to go over a couple of like the most common questions that you get or common topics that you feel like you're covering over and over again so because i i have a sex advice column right so i get all types of questions but i think the most common question i get is from people who are either married or in long-term relationships and they hate the sex with their partner like i get that Mm -hmm a lot it's like how do I you know how how do I enjoy sex I don't like sex with him or I don't like sex with her I'm not attracted to him not attracted to her and usually like I ask the question typically um well you know how long has this been a thing how long has 
the sex not been something that you liked. And not, most of the time, it's been that way from the beginning. Like people, mm. people just assumed that it would get better. People um, assumed that the other things, attributes about the person would outweigh the sex. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then now you're in year six, year seven, year eight, year 10, and you're like, yeah, no, <laughs> this is not going yeah. to work. <laughs> Well, and it's people don't realize too. Marriages, it's sex and money. That's really what tears most of them apart. Yeah, I wrote a post about that the other day. I was like, um, "Sex is right under finances," is why people split up in marriages. So it's important. A lot of people will tell. Well, a lot of people will tell you. Well, I'll say in my in my life, people say, "Well, you know, sex not that important. It's just what is it like five minutes." Uh, and then that's it. There's other things that make relationships and make a marriage, which is true. That part totally. is. However, sex, like sex is really important. important. It's yeah. important. And I and I've learned that even more so by doing this column because I get all of these um, uh, messages, and even on Instagram, I'll get messages from people, male and female, who are like, "All right, now what?" And I'm like, why, why did you marry them? That's the always yeah. question. Why did you marry them? Oh, he was nice or she was whatever, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, how is that working out now? <laughs> well, I think what people don't take into account mm-hmm. is when you get married and you've decided to stay monogamous, you're not an open marriage, an open relationship. You can have all your other needs met by other people. But you cannot have your sexual needs met by anyone else if you've decided on being monogamous. So if the sex isn't working, it's not like something you can go get somewhere else unless you choose to open things up. And I, I don't think people take that into account and they don't, they don't prioritize it all the time. And we need to, that's an important part of a, a committed relationship. Very important, very important. And, you know, I, I've learned that good sex is, essential to the longevity of a, of a relationship yeah i it, agree it's it, i mean unless unless you're just one of those people where it's, it doesn't matter like there's, there's some people who've been married and they don't have sex at all and that yeah. just works for them but everybody yeah. thinks, if you're one of those people where sex matters then you need to make sure that the person that you're going to you're saying you're going to spend forever with that you can live with this whatever they're giving you that if it does not change does not get any better today what what, what they're doing today you can live with forever yeah absolutely absolutely agree yes so what else i mean beyond this what other common questions do you feel like you're getting a lot or or topics that you cover often i'm also getting uh conversations on women on well this kind of goes back to that too well they don't feel they don't know how to like have orgasms they feel like I've never had an orgasm or my partner never um, pleasured me or, you know, I never enjoyed what the, the, the sex. Now, and, and, and I tell people too that you are responsible for your own orgasm. Yes, your partner is there to, you know, to, 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 to enhance the experience, but you can't really, it can't really, you can't really blame the other person when you don't know what it is that you need so if i 
if I cannot tell my partner, okay, so for example, I'm able to tell every, anybody I have sex with what my spots are, right? This is going to work. This is going to work. This is going to work. Now you can do other things besides those things, but these are things that are going to work every time. I know that because I have experience and I explored my own body, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a lot of times, and, and this is how we were taught as women too. Like we, yeah. weren't, we weren't really taught to explore and find out what, what we like, right? We were taught that our partners, typically men, are supposed to just do that for it's us. It's magically no. Yeah. And so what, what happens is when, and someone said this too, she was like, well, if you haven't had a lot of, if you haven't, say, say you went to a marriage, two virgins, right? And like, well, you wouldn't know what you, what you, you wouldn't know if this was good or not. And I was like, that's not yeah. true. I remember I had sex. Uh, started having sex kind of late in college right and so I was like mm -hmm. 18 19 and I was with the same person for about two years now I didn't particularly know what amazing sex was at that time but mm -hmm. I knew that what he and I were doing was not what it was supposed to be it was not what I read about it was not I you know it wasn't the stories that other people were having like oh this happened. I'm like, well, I never experienced that. Now he was my first and he was one person I knew at the time, but I knew that there was something else to sex. Mm -hmm. Right. Just so just because yeah. you have one partner or two partners, doesn't mean that you, that you're like oblivious to what good sex is. Mm -hmm. um, so I use that example. I've, I've had people who, who inboxed me who were, who were virgins until mm -hmm. then. And now they're left unsatisfied and trying to figure out why that is. Um, yeah. it's because typically because you don't know your body and you're under the assumption that your partner is supposed to, you know, just know everything and figure it out. And it's going to be like all fireworks. And then when it's not, you're like, okay, so what's wrong? Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Because if you are unfamiliar with your own anatomy, unfamiliar with what feels good for you, you can only go so far with a partner. They don't know what you're feeling. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. So I, it is, I, I love, I love the idea of owning your own sexuality. I think that's so important. Yeah. Um, I mean, what other concerns do you feel like you're hearing about? I, I, that I can echo. I hear so often, I've never had an orgasm. I don't know how to have an orgasm. I'm not sure how to figure this out. And it's amazing how, when I ask, like, have you taken a mirror down there? Have you looked at how things change when you're aroused versus when you're not aroused? It's like, no, I haven't done any of those things, you know? And it's like, start there. Start with what, what feels good. Look at how things change. Um, you know, get curious. I love the idea of always getting curious, you know? I took a, um, a Betty Dotson's body sex um, class during the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. There wasn't much left, much, much to do. So, and it was, I was curious. And the one thing I liked about those classes is, you know, you have the, um, the part where all the women sit in the circle, um, naked, and you look at with a mirror, you look at your vulvas, and you look at it, name it, talk about it, see, you know, try and they go over different types of vulvas, and you try to identify mm -hmm. which one closest resembles yours, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's very good for people because some people never looked, have never looked down there at all ever. Yeah. Some people don't know, don't 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 know 
you know, how, how the girl part look, can't identify them. And, and these are grown women. These are not people who are like mm-hmm. middle school, high school. These are grown child, oh, yeah. have children. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sometimes I've had kids come out of them and they're like, I just didn't know. And I'm like, how oh, do you not? I'm too curious, probably. Sure. <laughs> I need to know all the things. Yeah, I need to know all the things. So, even if, like, how would you know, even if, like, say, let's say something is wrong down there, if you never look, looked at it before, how do you know when it looks something's off because you don't know because you never looked at exactly exactly yes so yeah I think that is a very good thing I think every woman should be able to like just sit in the mirror and just sit there and look at themselves and like be able to label their parts identify them and just you know be be one with their pussies because it's theirs and and you should be able to touch it and if it and it's always weird to me, not weird, but you know, it's always strange. I say when people, now you want someone else to be able to like touch it and do all the things, but you don't want to, and it's yours on your body. There's nothing yes. on your body that you should not be able to touch, feel, and do it, whatever you want to do. Amen. I feel exactly the same way. Get familiar with your anatomy. Don't expect someone, especially if it's someone who doesn't have a vagina. <laughs> If your partner doesn't have a vagina, they don't, they don't have that intimate understanding. And even if your partner does have a vagina, they don't have your vagina. Right. It's really important to get to know your own self and you can do this with or without a partner. I think sometimes people are like, oh no, I don't, I don't know if I want to. And I'm like, okay, so explore with your partner, make it fun. Go on a treasure hunt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's fun. Treasure hunt. Yeah. Right. Like that's 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 uber important in you know your sexual um your sexual pleasure is knowing yourself amen absolutely um so as you you know have been doing this what what is it that you feel like we need to hear like i think owning your sexuality is like so key so i love that you've already covered this but what is it that you you want to share with the world Ooh. um I want to share with the world that one, whatever you like, whatever your desire, fantasies and stuff, whatever they are, you're not the only person with that. There's other people just like you. You just have to find your community. That's important. Mm -hmm. No matter how weird you think it is or strange, there's other people who are into the same thing you are into. Um, That's the first thing. Two, women need to be able to own their sexuality um I was I was on a radio show last week and I said the same thing about on your sexuality and she was like this other lady was saying how um part of it is on men too you know because you know men are taught differently men are taught to you know not really um have women's pleasure in the forefront of their mind and yes do I think that men need to change but they won't change unless you make them change right you have to Mm -hmm. to show and teach people how to treat you how to engage sexually with you and like you know I I was telling someone like I like oral sex right that's Mm -hmm. anytime we're having sex with Ashley so um when I I've I've met people who did not like to do that that's fine. I think mm-hmm. it's time, but we will not be engaging any further, right? You have to be like, this is this is what I, this is what's going to happen. Now, yeah. 
do that, that's you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but you also will not be having sex with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yep. if women were did more of that, you would get you would you would be more satisfied and get less of men just oh you know pumping it until they get their their nut and they're gone. Yep, it's so frustrating. Well, I, my I want to change the next generation. So I, I always try to take it to like, not only should these be open conversations that you're having with your partner or partners, these are also conversations you need to have with your kids one day. Mm-hmm. You know, you like, we were not taught in school about female pleasure at all. Male pleasure was just talked about because it's associated with ejaculation, which means pregnancy, right? So even male pleasure was not really covered. It was just included because it had to be. And so I think, you know, when we have these discussions with our kids, we need to be talking about pleasure. We need to be talking about everyone enjoying the activity that they're participating in. And we need to talk about female pleasure and male pleasure and what that looks like and consent. And by having these conversations with our partners, we're in a much better position to later have these conversations with our kids because we've been talking about it so much. It's a comfortable topic. Right. And then our kids will go on to have those conversations with their partners and we will eventually fix the whole world. Right. 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 That sounds good. I mean, that's right. That's, that's the goal. Um, but there's there's still some people who was just like, uh, I don't know if you saw the story. Uh, I think this was in, I don't know, New York someplace about Hmm. the woman, the lady, she got upset in the the school board meeting because her daughter had a book. These are middle schoolers. She had a book. Mm -hmm. They had the words, some, um, I can't remember the word. Corn holding or, yeah, yeah, anal sex. Yeah, Yeah, it was about anal sex. And she was like, all in the uproar. Oh my God, I don't have anal sex. I don't want my kids to know about anal sex. Like, oh my God. And it was like, one, I think you're making this uh, a bigger issue than it is. (laughs) <laughs> yeah did your daughter know first did your daughter know what cornholing meant because i didn't even know what it meant until she said it i was because and, and i'm a grown adult who work in the sex industry i'm like i didn't know yeah. i didn't know cornholing meant ain't no sex that's the first cool. thing so you love when you learn a new term and you're like cool we came cool. up with that too yeah. huh? all right <laughs> probably was not that big of a deal you're making it way bigger of a way bigger a deal than it is and if your daughter has has you know most and what i've learned i used to teach middle school um as a teacher mm-hmm. for doing this most middle schoolers are pretty they're, they're pretty well versed in sexual terminology sex stuff because it's in songs it's in the culture so like if you ask if you just happen to ask her i'm sure she could tell you what that was um and they're yeah. kind of like oh yeah this is this 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 and this um so they're not as naive at 13 that we think they are they're probably they know way more probably than we do well and I think it opens the door for a conversation so like with my middle schooler she will come home and say mom like what does this mean what does that mean kids were talking about this I heard this in a song Mm -hmm. if you've been open with them Mm -hmm. they're gonna come and ask you what it means and you're gonna have this opportunity now to discuss it like I have no I I honestly don't know if she understands the concept of anal sex it's not something that we've covered with her um but that would be an opportunity to, to sit down with her and just explain, like, this is something that people participate in. It's totally up to you. If that's something you want to participate in, like, it's this opportunity. And for me, like, in a situation like that, I'd want to look at the whole book and be like, is the whole book trash or just yeah. this one section I'm a little worried about with the age group yeah. and then evaluate from there. I don't think it needs to automatically be taken out of a school just because it mentions the sex act. 
Yeah, same. And I don't, I don't think, from what I gather about the book, I don't think it's a book, it's not a book that talks about sex. It just had that one yeah. term. Mother just yeah. like, oh my God, I can't do it. Um, yeah. So she totally missed the teaching opportunity there by just flying off the head. Exactly. And everything's a teaching opportunity. Like I, my daughter loves the show New Girl. New Girl has been a plethora of teaching opportunities around sexuality and consent and all of that, you know? So it's, as a parent, I think all of these are great conversation starters, even if it's just with our partners. Mm -hmm. These are great conversation starters with our partners to talk more about our sex lives and maybe what we want to try or something we want to look into or something we haven't talked about with them before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, referencing pop culture is a it's a good way i said this to like adults if you want to try a new kink or something and you don't know how your partner would just will take it you know find a reference mm-hmm. to like in a song or like a movie mm-hmm. and they'll be like you know look at this thing right here how what's your views on this what do you think? yes and they'll 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 start talking and you can kind of gauge whether you know what you know if they're into it or is it hard no hard you know pass or they're they're curious then you yes. kind of there. so pop culture using pop culture is 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 a good way to like introduce new topics even as adults i agree totally it's like such an easy little scooch it in type of yeah. you know instead of having to like yeah full on yeah. yeah i love that well ashley is there anything else that you want to leave us with um just just to make sure especially particularly women because that's that's the 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 market that i talk to just to make sure you know your pleasure is important you have to prioritize it you cannot leave it into the hands of your lover Mm -hmm. you have to take control and be like this is what i like and and if and and if someone is not doing or living up to whatever your expectations are you cannot be afraid to discuss it but you don't have to you know be mean or anything like that but you can just be like you know I like you know last time we did this and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that I would like if we could do that you know more often and most people your partners they typically want to please you during sex unless they're like you know an yes ass. But, yeah. <laughs> but the ones who care want to leave want you to like it right so mm-hmm. if you tell them that I like when you do this guarantee they're probably going to do that every time they know you like but it requires communication you have to be able to to talk about these things and boundaries like what you said earlier i love where you're just like look this is what i'm into if you're not into that i why are we proceeding i I think boundaries are not being mean they're boundaries correct and telling and and not being afraid to letting let someone go find what works for them because you know i think a lot of times people for oh if i say that they're not going to want me or they're not going to want to be here that's fine there's there there are millions of people on on this world right you will mm-hmm. find someone <laughs> who yes, likes absolutely into what you into do not settle just because you're you have this scarcity mindset that no one else going to come along that's not true there is an abundance of partners out there for you. I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I just, I think, I think there's someone for everyone. I've just seen so many, so many partnerships happen now that I'm like, oh no, there really, really is someone mm-hmm. for everyone. <laughs> it is. I love that. Well, to wrap up, I love to ask this question of everyone that comes on the podcast. What is your favorite way to manage your period? What products do you like to use? What ways do you like to manage it? 
So when I have a period, because I'm on birth control, so I manage it by not having one. And I love mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're going to be on birth control, you should just don't even bother with one. I'm, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I take it out and I have to go like switch in between, I do use honey pots, um, their, uh, pads. I use the, the peppermint one. Now at first it's going to catch you. Tingles. I remember I, this is a funny story. I, I had put one on cause I'm just in between birth controls. Um, mm-hmm. I had put one on one time, just like, I think it was the last year pandemic. And I forgot that it was a tingling kind. And I was like, why am I, why is my vagina tingling? Like, I really, I was like, what happened? Was wrong. <laughs> did I use lube or did I use toothpaste? What's happening down there? And I thought, oh, I have the honey pot paddle. <laughs> That's awesome. But like for a split second, I thought something was wrong. I thought my girl parts was happening down there. Um, but yeah, I use, oh, yeah. I use honey pot um their their pads i've gotten away from using tampons um mm-hmm. for the most part and i just use pads i um i was trying to i've heard people say they use the um the menstrual cups i had i have not ventured off into menstrual, menstrual cups yet maybe i will one day it just seems mm-hmm. like it seems really messy i don't know have, do you like those i do i'm a big fan of changing them in the shower you kind of avoid uh, the mess is like not an issue and really once you kind of get pro at them I'm I'm a disc person I do feel like discs are a little bit messier than cups okay um but I just change them in the shower so I take it out rinse it out really quick and then you just pop it back in so it's not even like a that makes sense mm-hmm. oh that, that that makes a lot of sense I don't know why I don't know why I didn't think of that <laughs> that makes a lot of sense okay maybe yeah. I'll try that my next period I'll try it yeah, it's just easy just like, you know, just you're like, I don't, nothing's going to drip. Nothing's going to, mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it does, I'm in a shower. Right, it doesn't matter. Right. That makes a lot of sense. No, and, and the crazy thing is I've, I've had this conversation before and no one has mentioned the shower. You're the first person like, let's do it in the shower. Okay. Yeah. Try that. Like with all messy things, right, Ashley? Right. You're right. <laughs> it has been a delight to talk to you. Where can we find you? You can find me on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter at Sex with Ashley. That's also the name, uh, the, um, the name of my website, sexwithashley.com. And your podcast? Oh, so yeah, I do have a podcast. It's called Ho and mm-hmm. Tell Podcast. And actually, um, season three drops today, episode one. So Ho and Tell features anonymous sex stories that people call in and they share their sex stories. I love it. I love, love, love this. And then you have like a... What's, do you have uh, something in Gasms? I can't remember. Gossip and Gasms. So Gossip and Gasms is my is, is my new blog. It's basically um, like the TMZ of sex. So we talk, we, we talk about all the latest things that are trending in the world of sex. I also sometimes do um, reviews of different events, but you know, anything that's trending people, um, like today we're talking about um, uh, uh, porn star Harley, Harley, what is her name? Harley, I can't think of her name. She, mm. she, her name's Harley. But she was saying that Rihanna gave, allegedly gave her boss chlamydia. So that was, that's the topic on it today, some other topics. So we talk about all things that relate to sex on gossip. Sex gossip. Yeah, basically. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. You guys go find her over at Sex with Ashley. Yep. Yeah. 
If you loved this episode of the Vagina Blog Podcast, please take a moment and write a review or share with your friends. This podcast is built by listeners like you, and it means the world to me that you're here. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me. I am thrilled to introduce you to Ruby, my new vulva plush pillow for all your educational needs. Ruby is unique because she comes with her own removable clitoris, the perfect tool for teaching all about female pleasure, how to use period products, and what the entire clitoral anatomy looks like, and more. You can find Ruby on my site, thevaginablog.com. Check her out and let me know what products you'd like to see next. If you love the music on this podcast, be sure to check out Pleasant Pictures Music Club for more. Eric does an incredible job of creating fresh, bold, high-end music for your films, videos, and podcasts.